everybody and welcome to another episode of play economics plus your weekly additional play economics supplement where we continue to provide you with that sweet financial context for industry trends and all of the hot breaking topics you want to talk about regarding the business behind video games this week we're going to do something uh in light of some recent subscription news that dropped and matt see this is what i like about our second episode, right? Because we're recording this on Tuesday, Monday, May 16th, which is a horrifying statement to say because of how quickly time passes. And today, you're older than I am, first of all. (laughs) First, let's let's get that right on out of the way. You're older than me. All right, all right. right. You're you're three steps from the crypt, okay? Uh You're continually hydrating during these podcasts so you don't turn into ash. Okay. That is true. If I stop drinking electrolytes at any point throughout the day, I instantly... Ash. Gotta get vacuumed Um, No, what we're going to be discussing today, in light of PlayStation Plus releasing their... What some would call a banger lineup, I'm not one of those people. We're going to be discussing the merits and, I guess, business... Uh, what's business... Advantages? No. Oh, my God. Okay. Why am I... Hold on. I'm having an actual... I'm going to vamp. So... Consequences. Business... Oh, I don't know why I forgot the word consequences there. Because we don't get any. <laughs> yeah, fact. The business consequences <laughs> behind digital versus physical gaming Love so it. the thesis i'd like to present the floor to you matt is digital gaming is not only bad for the consumer it's bad for the middle market Have go you, <laughs> yeah go go um all right so the def- First, foremost, define middle market. GameStop. Brick and mortar stores, GameStop, Best Buy, Walmart, I'm okay Target. with it being bad for them. Mm, I don't know. See, because again, I'm of the opinion that digital games are a out-and-out convenience miracle, right? That... Mm. I there was I I can tell you specifically the game and the time that made me say okay I have no longer any need for a physical game that game was Spider Man on PS4. Oh, now right. I had a lot of uh, fond memories going and getting a game that I was really excited for at midnight at GameStop. You wait in line with the other nerds, right? You're here, here, you're talking about it, this, that, and the other thing. You get home, you are ready to play. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man, I guess because it was such a graphically intensive game, I was playing on a baseline PS4. But what really annoyed me is I came home all excited, I popped Spider-Man in, and for the first time, I had to wait for the game to install. And that installation took an hour and change. And in that hour and change, you know what happened, Matt? Everybody else played it. No, I lost any excitement that I had 
to just get home and start playing. The bubble deflated. I get you. And from that day, I said, I'm, I'm only buying digital again. So when midnight comes, ding, I'm playing. And you pre-downloaded it. And you pre-downloaded it, and it pre-installs. And ever I, since Spider-Man PS4, I have not bought one physical PlayStation game or Switch game. I'm only digital on Switch. Yeah, the Switch, the Switch kills me a little bit because I do like some of them physical just because of the limitations of the Switch. It's pretty small unless you get the external hard drive. And for a long time, I didn't want to buy an external, the little SD card for it. And that kept me from doing a lot of games digital. Now that I have it, a lot of my games are digital. Yeah, the this uh, you know working with cameras full time. The switch I have I have two hundred fifty six gigabyte micro SD cards, literally chilling, just <laughs> pouring out of my ears. Right. Yeah. Using them as a bookmark at this point, but I do like what you brought up about the like. And I feel like it's a common argument for the uh, the physical game is that you don't get that experience of going to the store, nerding out with a bunch of other nerds waiting in line outside of GameStop, Target, Walmart at 12 midnight. Do you know what you get instead? Peace of you mind get, in my own home. No, you get the excitement of at 12 p.m., me and the boys are playing the game. A.M., 12 a.m. Yeah, what I say, p.m.? We're playing then too. We are playing then too. But I think there's a fine line with dis- digital and physical because you bring up a good point that it isn't good for things like um, GameStop, Target, Walmart, because why do I need them? I'm not going to buy my digital copy. Like, I'm not going to go to GameStop and buy a digital copy or buy the coins to get it on whatever system I'm uh, playing at through one of the like gift card systems they have at GameStop. I'm just going to buy it on my own Xbox with my credit card that's attached to it. So I see the val like the consequences for them. But is that a bad thing? Do they need to evolve? Do they need to do what GameStop tried to do and turn into a collectibles place? Maybe, maybe. And again, I when it comes to industries evaporating overnight, I, I've never heard it better put than uh, it was Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I think he was on Rogan. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to Rogan about how the, in five years of recorded history, the horse and buggy industry <laughs> fell off the earth. He goes, and that's pretty surface level to see, right? He goes, yeah. but now think of all of the subset industries that fed the horse and buggy industries, the leather makers, yep. the people who made the 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 wheels, the carpenters, the the craftsmen, gone. horse feed, horseshoes, gone, gone, completely yeah. decimated, right? <clears throat> Where. The convenience trade is, and and it's funny how quickly we give up ownership for convenience, right? Yes. Uh, it happens with music. It happens with your biometric data. I, I told you I was flying recently, and there was this long-ass line. And they're like, hey, you want to sign up for Clear? Did I tell you this story? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we just need your eye, uh, eye uh, scan and your mm-hmm. fingerprints. Yeah. And I was like... Just do it. They have it. I was like, you have it, and but like, it's real dystopian. My no shot. They don't have it. My, um, the thing that I think nobody talks about 
when it comes to digital versus physical games and the pros and cons for it is I think digital games have created an ecosystem of non-accountability to developers. For what? What do I mean by that? And this is maybe extending a little bit past storefronts, but do you remember, Matt? Mm -hmm. Of course you do. There was a time where if you got a game and there was a glitch in that game because it was on a disc, that was the game. Yep. That was the game. Mm -hmm. And the developers had one shot at giving you the best game possible. Whereas today, I feel like a little bit of that accountability on a developer side is removed because if I'm Bethesda, perfect opportunity, perfect example. Hey, man, we delayed Starfield because we wanted to be good. But even if it's not that good, you'll get a patch 1.8. You, If you're a cyberpunk, right? Imagine a game like cyberpunk had the hype behind it that it did and it couldn't get an update it couldn't get an update yeah but i'll take that argument but that was around way before games were majority digital because as soon as you got systems that were connected to the internet they started patching games and you had to download a the patch for it so correct but my counter to that is when you have multiple games installed at once because they're all digital you there's a lot less interface between you and that patch menu right because if i back before you remember if i'm playing gears of war and there's an update for halo 3 and i haven't played halo 3 in a month well then there's going to be a long download and copy session and an install session but if all of these things are living concurrently on my hard drive because your average person i would say has about anywhere between five to eight games downloaded at any one time Mm -hmm. right well all those are just getting updated over the air at night and there's just this seamless watering down of, oh, okay. This- yeah, but I just disagree with the premise because it was going to be there regardless. Like, okay. it's, you, can't, you can't avoid that because of the ease of, um, like the ease of the internet. And you also have all of the benefits that things like that bring. Like, what if there is truly an unintended bug that's in a game and they can't unpatch it anymore? a otherwise fantastic game is ruined by a bug that didn't get discovered. And I don't think you should punish the game for that. Correct. I think you should delay the game and make sure you're doing your job correctly. Yeah, but there's bugs in every game. You can't can't say that. Especially especially in Apex, man. There's that bug where the movement is just not good. (laughs) See, you're joking, but in Season 13, Loba's tactical is basically unusable on the new Stormpoint map because of that exact reason. And it's a live service game. What did you... None of the words you just said were words. Uh, Anyone that plays Apex Legends will get that. Anyone that doesn't, uh, there's an ability that one of the characters, Loba, has, and it's currently broken on the new map. That's what I said. Here's what I'll say. The second part of my accountability and ownership thesis on this is. Yeah, I don't own... There's probably 45 games that I've bought between 2018 and now. Yep. Give or take. Ranging from on sale to indie to big budget first party IP. Mm -hmm. We've seen it happen where, shit, man, if these servers get shut down, if the game won't boot, I'm at that point renting the game, right? Like, just like with Spotify, 
you're renting the music. You don't own the music, right? If Spotify is down and I want to listen to the La La Land soundtrack, I would have to own it. You know, mm. like, does that, does that make sense? I, and if I, at any point in time, I really love the La La Land soundtrack. I do. I know. I get, I get your premise. You're, you're incorrect. That's not how Spotify, you can listen to it. Even if Spotify's down, you just need to, to download it. But well, what you if you did? What if you did? Well, I'm, I'm saying you, you do have the option. Like you don't have the unlimited library of Spotify at your fingertips anymore, but you do have whatever you downloaded. I think where we're missing each other here is I'm talking about ownership versus accessibility. So maybe Spotify yes. wasn't the best thing here. Yeah, and you're if correct. If Sony wants to stop support, Cyberpunk is a great thing, right? I now have, like, Cyberpunk is almost, you could think of it as a NFT kind of thing, where if I, I could, when Cyberpunk was down on the PlayStation Store, none that you'd want to buy it, I now have a digital asset that's non-repeatable, right? Because the it was trash down. version of it? My point is, when I don't have something in my hand, tangibly, physically, if I'm one of these people who spends time buying the entire NES collection, and then selling and buying every NES game, SNES game, and so on and so forth. Like, if the internet went down, I'm stuck with the eight games I have on my console that I have to hope don't have to be always online. Or if I bought them physically, I could play them whenever the hell I want. That is the number one thing I think is the boon here, where it's like, True ownership no longer exists in the games industry, and I think that's why this big push is happening for NFT games. I mean, I I think you are correct that true ownership is gone of a game because you no longer get the physical copies. But if it's such an issue and you're so concerned that your game isn't going to be playable because PlayStation one day is going to be like, nah. And we just saw it with Xbox. They just had their servers shut down. I think it was Mother's Day. And nobody was able to play anything, buy anything from the store, and anything under a specific bracket or of time that was downloaded, unable to play the game. Buy physical. No one is stopping you. It still exists. And I think it, uh, it brings to question something that we brought up um, previously, or we had in the show notes for last week's episode, the episode that aired today on Monday the 16th where we were supposed to talk about how like and subscribe yeah how Xbox is undergoing looking into a patent for a basically a digitizer of getting a CD and putting it onto a digital console so that you can have it there's a whole host of issues that come from that and I think I was on uh, Twitter with Sam from Exhibition Podcast I love Sam. We got to get him back on one of these days. We got to get him back on. But I was going, uh, I was looking at a tweet that he had put and it was, what do they do about resale? So once I put that and make a digital copy of that physical game, can I go back to GameStop and return it? Of course you can. Not only that, you can sell it to a friend. You, You can, you can, at that point, you can just charge below market value. If the game, you don't, you don't think they're going to put coding into it to make sure you can't play that oh, game I'm, ever I'm, again? I'm sure you can. I'm sure there's a way. But again, even then, it is the illusion of ownership because true libertarian ownership would be 
I own this. I can do what I want, how I want with it. True libertarian would you would make your own Xbox, own all those pieces, make your own game. Good luck. Put that luck. bad in there. <laughs> Put that bad boy in there. But I think, to be honest, that's what you're going to need to do to have true ownerships of any of these things. Because just like you're saying, you you also need to not only get a physical copy of the game, you need to get a physical copy of the game that has zero online content because if you don't have access to the internet you can't play any of the game that's online like apex legends i could get a physical copy of that game when if xbox decides they don't want to support that game anymore matt there's there's hungry people in ukraine you're talking about getting physical versions of apex legends you're out of your mind i almost did shut up if you are you are what's wrong that's what i would be buying That's what I would be buying if I couldn't get my beautiful Apex Legends Funko I'm box. stripping access to your bank accounts from you. <laughs> Sarah's tried. <laughs> she has tried. But I understand your argument that there is no true ownership in the video game sphere anymore. Because yeah, we're be long honest. past it. There's yeah. no going back. The, the well, box is open. Yeah. But I think by handing that over, you get a lot more benefit then you're losing because what are you really losing you're losing sony telling you basically to like to just screw off and you can't play my game anymore and there's nothing you could do about it like short of them taking that stance there's not many downsides to it and you brought up the developer laziness and saying that oh they could deliver a bad game because they could just patch it later which i would no no no, but i fully believe that in this world of patches it is the new economic model in some studios where if you're getting down to the wire right like i'm not talking about a naughty dog ship it patch it i i a hundred percent think that is a conversation that happens and i think cyberpunk is a key point yeah i completely agree there is no doubt in my mind any way shape or form in a business meeting when someone is like for just a game when someone's like do we ship it? It's not ready. Every single like higher up in that office is going ship it, patch it, done. But here, Coin but here's it. economics first. But here's my point, right? Everybody talks. Oh, when are and we are these people of when are video games going to be taken seriously? When are video games going to be taken seriously as a as a full blown widespread artistic medium? Right? Mm-hmm. Guess fucking what? Martin Scorsese has a movie. It's fair. It's a fair. Okay. Spielberg has a movie. Tarantino has a movie. James Cameron has Avatar. I have an argument for this. Go ahead. He makes the movie. Sometimes that movie's great. Sometimes that movie's The Departed, a fantastic film, which I love. But once it's done and it's baked, there it is. There is your art. You can't unbake the cake. You can't keep touching it up. So I feel like video games, despite being this big, interactive, fun, great thing, is you want to take your you want to be taken seriously. Some of these companies, developers, and business models need to take themselves seriously. How about that? I got two comments for that because I think that's shit. I think that's complete horseshit, and I don't think you believe that either. One, I hundred percent do. 100%. Director's cuts of movies with additional content, additional scenes that either make the movie better 
or provide further context. And I get it. They're far fewer. I was going to say what we're getting. Patches. I can name on one hand, good director's cuts. <laughs> and I would agree with you. And two, I think that is a benefit to video games and their marketability because you can ship a game that might not be that great or something that you thought was really good and you can make it better and you could respond to player and consumer feedback and improve it like we saw with cyberpunk where they shipped a bad game let's not get i know i know let's not let's not get out of control here okay for example we'll go back to one of my favorite games yeah world of warcraft it let me tell you something i if they come out with a new gex sony's gonna buy square enix you're gonna see don't care because crystal dynamics is gone they're with um what was the name of the company embracer group they're gonna make gex because embracer group watches this podcast because they're top-notch game gaming company and they watch play economics but so long story short, if they release Gex, I'll buy whatever definitive edition they have. I'll get a tattoo. Cool. Um, back to our original train of thought of how it's beneficial for games to be able to update and adapt because you really could ship a good game that isn't quite there yet, but it was the okay. best you were able to put out and you wholeheartedly think it is a good game and then it's met with consumer feedback and they re-release it. I believe that's what happened with Stardew Valley. I uh, don't quote me on that, but I believe something. I would say No Man's Sky is a better. That was it. That was it. Uh, that's what I was looking for. No Man's Sky. Yeah. Where you put out a game and even if it doesn't do blockbuster success right away, there is have, a road to redemption yeah. if you choose to take it. And I think there's value in that. But Matt, the world may never know as we bring it in for a landing here. We've both made excellent points, but we'd love to hear what your points are down in the comments. Digital games, physical games, are they good for the industry? Are they bad for the industry? Should G How Fuel, are they for the environment? Should G Fuel bring back the peach iced tea flavor? Why is yes. the answer yes? Let us know down in the comments. Leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube. Share this with a friend you think will find it valuable. Fight with us on TikTok. Kiss us on Instagram. Until next time. I'm your Uncle Matt, Miles. Not him. Is what someone who clearly is not your uncle would say to you, Miles. That's fair. That's fair. Anyway, as always, happy gaming, everybody. And And digital gaming. gaming What? (laughs) Good. Cut the podcast. (laughs) Cut the podcast.